I thought I thought the less things I have on the table, the better. So I thought. So you put it at your feet, the things you use to kick things. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, and Mike is known for kicking things with his feet. Mm-mm. It's one of his defining characteristics. <laughs> Soccer balls, asses. <laughs> These Soccer are the balls, things. Asses. They all meet the same fate. <laughs> the same feet. See, that was the greatest Christmas gift you could have gotten me. I'm feeling so festive. I gave Nick a pun of his own device. Yes, you gave up. You you gave me the gift of a pun that was kind of at my level. Yeah, I punched down. I punched down. Yes. The my first, rule, my first rule of comedy, punch down. Yes. It's easier that way because they're below you, so it's easier to get good leverage on the punch. <laughs> that is oddly perfect. That's an oddly perfect metaphor given the topic of the song that we're doing, actually. <laughs> and what song is that? That's song. And why are we listening to it? That's... Where are we? What are we doing? Steve, are you having a stroke? <laughs> I think I am. Oh, no. Uh, for, welcome to the Song Topsy Report, everyone, where we dissect bad music to figure out how it died. And Steve, to answer your rapid succession of questions, we are doing Do They Know It's Christmas by the charity supergroup Band-Aid. Do they? Do they know it's Christmas? Why are there more questions than answers? Well, that's what we're going to find out uh, on this ep- on this special Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry yes. Christmas. This is, this is out on the actual day of Christmas, so I feel culturally safe in wishing people a Merry Christmas, because that's what the day is. Yes. Yeah. D- it's not a month ago, and I'm wishing people a Merry Christmas like an a-hole. Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot to wish people a Happy Hanukkah last episode. Oh, right? no. Yeah, was, Hanukkah's come and gone, man. Oh, damn it. But yes, thank you for saying Merry Christmas because this is America and those East Coast liberal elitists who say happy holidays have no jurisdiction here, folks, okay? We're Look, keeping calm the down, Tommy. Calm down, Tommy. <laughs> why don't you go why don't you go run your hair under whatever fountain bleaches it that blonde? It just seems appropriate that this time of year is when the snowflakes come out, okay? That's all I'm saying. She loves calling people snowflakes and yet is super sensitive to criticism. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like they don't have a sense of irony about anything. I know, right? <laughs> I want to do a charity song for them called Do They Know It's Irony. <laughs> do they know? Oh, I could hear it do now. Do they know they're assholes oh. all the time? Oh. Oh, it's so catchy. I'm so upset. This song's so terrible. We got strangely political these last two episodes. <laughs> oh, I wonder where that could be. No, the, uh, the 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 final song that we're doing on our kind of Christmas spree that we've been on for this month uh, is probably the most uh, sanctimonious and self-righteous songs that we've done. It's a very well-known song. It's all it's called kind of known as the Song Topsy Report of Christmas songs. <laughs> In what way? In, 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 sanctimonious in how and sanctimonious and self-righteous it is. <laughs> yes. Three people with no musical ability judging and commenting and making snarky comments on songs. <laughs> Seriously, that is exactly what we do. <laughs> hey, that's not true. You play triangle in band. You're I did, and I, oh, and, I, and I nailed it, dude. I nailed it. I'll tell you, man. No, no, one, no one else could quite play the triangle like, uh, like Mike Russell. You're like that high school football star that relives that one game where they scored four touchdowns for the rest of their life except yours is sadder because it's about playing the triangle okay all right, all right, all right. we're gonna talk about legitimately the the one like all-star band moment i hold on to was when i was i went to nisma okay and that that's a thing yes nisma's a big deal in new york it's State. a big freaking deal and i did a four mallet xylophone solo and i haven't played the xylophone since but I, yeah, I, you didn't have to after that. <laughs> I consider you washed your hands of the whole idea of ever playing this instrument. You just again. kick the whole xylophone table thing over and walk out. I've... Mike Russell out, and then you just fell off the stage because you were hammered at the time. <laughs> were you like fifteen or sixteen? Uh, <laughs> I rest my case. The only thing more hammered than the mallet was Mike Russell. <laughs> 
that was his that was his whole rationale for it. No, if I'm gonna hammer this, I gotta be hammered. Jesus Christ! Whoa, whoa. Speaking of hammering, yeah, you things. can't never prove me wrong. You'll just you're always proving me right. I don't know. A hammered mic is hammering the table. It's a sticky. It's a sticky. Uh... It's sticky because you spilled beer all over it. All right, all right, all right. Listen, I I can. You souse? Deny. Listen, this is Jesus's birthday, and he was the carpenter. Leave the hammering to him. He didn't turn water into wine until he was already in his late teens, early 20s. I love Jesus. And once again, today is the one day where it's okay to do that because it's Christmas. But do they know it's Christmas? Do they know it's Christmas? Do they know it's a a, a birthday? Do they know it's a birthday? Well, that was the question that Band-Aid posed in 1984 when they did this super massive charity song. That was a whole... I I don't have a context for it. I was not born in the 80s. (laughs) Oh, you 90s baby. Yeah, I didn't really have any... Because I didn't really have... Yeah, I didn't really have any mega concerts. Because um, Band-Aid, when when Live Aid was a thing, which was this massive... I can't get over this band No, but don't you get it? Because they're a band, and they aid people. I did no research on the name of how they came up with that, but it's the only thing I am assuming they were thinking when they came up with it. I hope so. I hope they didn't just love Band-Aids and it was like a big, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, man. I really love those Band-Aids, man. You know, I cut myself all the time and Band-Aids are always there. Wait, we're forming a mega group and I like the way that that sounds. Band-Aids! <laughs> They're like throwing them out in the audience at their concerts. Thank God they were almost bassetracing. It was this close. <laughs> just Band-Aid happened to be said first. <laughs> Tuss presents Band-Aid, a Johnson & Johnson company. <laughs> yeah, the sponsorship for that concert could have been very weird. Uh, no, we have to give more of a context. So, 1985, there was Live Aid, which was this mega, massive concert event that was designed to help um, raise money to end famine in Ethiopia and throughout Africa. It was this massive event. Every major artist was involved. It was like It was considered the greatest concert of all time. Fuck you, Woodstock. Oh! No, that that was actually a name that, that was what people remember it as. That was, was on the, Fuck you, Woodstock? That fuck was on, you, Woodstock. That was on the posters. That's yes. Because <laughs> they knew ahead of time it was going to be bigger. It was this great feel-good event, and uh, kind of the person who spearheaded it was a gentleman named Bob uh, Geldof, who was, a, who was in the band called the uh, Boomtown Rats. Sure he was. The... <laughs> Which I believe you because I've never heard of that group. So I have never well heard of it group. either. But somehow this guy was able to assemble the greatest coalition of like artists on stage at any one time ever. And how did he do it? Threats and guilt. Ah, uh, kind genius. of genius. Yes, yeah. But, I mean, basically, uh, when this song came out, you nobody didn't want to be involved in it. Everyone wanted to be part of the feel-good charity event of the year. And I, I, I honestly believe that I'm sure most of, if not all, the musicians' intentions were altruistic. And the song did raise a lot of money. Um, but as we will discuss this episode, that is not necessarily the whole story, both in the motivation behind the song and where the money actually went. But just in case you need a little refresher, here's a little bit of Do They Know It's Christmas. We let it It is glorious. It looks like a lion's mane. It does. It is beautiful. It is the most beautiful thing about this song. Rest in peace. Yes. yes. Oh, no. Rest in peace. Yeah. He, he, he died on this day last year. He died year. on Christmas Day, oh. which is the ultimate heartbreaking irony. Quick, someone do a fart joke. It's too sad uh, now. Uh, Mike, this is, uh, not, this is uh, all you. Uh, this wham, is your wham, bam. Thank you, Michael. Right? Is that... How is that a fart joke? <laughs> oh, that's not a fart. Sorry. It's a... <laughs> You had one job. I, I didn't say make a wham joke. <laughs> he was part of wham, though, right? Yes, he was oh, part then of wham. I, then I'm hilarious. That's okay. great. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? Turned it right around. Christmas is saved. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that was George Michael, one of just many huge musicians who was a part of this project. You know, it was, it was interesting. I hadn't really heard the song recently, but you guys were just telling me that you hear it once a year every so often, but I just pulled up the lyrics, 
and you seemed horrified by them. And the song has a way of just washing over you in a feel-good tide of Christmas spirit. But when you actually listen to the lyrics, they're kind of insensitive and like very much uh, take up the white man's burden-esque in there. It's, it's the lyrical equivalent of taking a hammer and then smashing Mike upside the head with it. <laughs> Wait. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, people, what? people upside the head with it. I'm sorry. I had a man. That was a weird moment where fantasy and reality blended together. So the origins of the song seem fairly altruistic. So Bob Geldof, once again, the uh, who was in this band called the Boomtown Rats, who I'd never heard of, but were apparently something of a big band in the UK in the 80s. Uh, he wrote and produced this song after seeing reports of the Ethiopian famine in 1984, which was awful. Uh, thank conv- God that got fixed. Yes, yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Shout out to the Ethiopian listeners. Yeah, we we have some listeners in Africa, actually. Do we? At least one person in Egypt listened to us. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Excuse me while I cross out some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob Geldof, he convinced many famous vocal artists from the United Kingdom to each single line of the song. Bono of U2. Of course. of course, of course, became oh, the stunk of Bono and the U and the the Edge. I bet the Edge had something to do with this too. <laughs> Listen, say what you will about Bono, but he has been consistent since 1984. He uh, first became well known for his charitable works through this event. The song inspired a U.S. version, which is "We Are the World." Literally, this song came out first, and then that inspired. Quick, we gotta also do a huge feel-good song to raise money. Uh, oh shit! It's not Christmas anymore. Uh, yes. Uh, what? What? What is it? March eleventh. <laughs> we uh, are the, the world. world. We are the children. <laughs> the Ides of March is in four days. So together, the U.S. and the U.K., after both these songs came out, they did a Live Aid concert in the summer of 1985, which raised a really impressive uh, 50 million pounds uh, from the two concerts alone. God, blimey. Oh, that's a lot of... 15 million pounds it is. Yes, so on paper, that sounds great. A whole bunch of celebrities came together for a cause greater than themselves individually and raised a lot of money for what was a good cause for a country in dire straits. What could anyone have any possible issue with this? This is just a pure, unadulterated good moment. In fact, Geldof himself, he wrote that Band-Aid's ideal state in the way is uh, in the way it will lodge in people's memories. Geldof himself said of the concert, quote, it will live on is something that was wholly good and incorruptible and that worked which is a lot of confidence in something cue the song topsy report yes (laughs) cue the song topsy report theme as we will discuss though the lyrics to the song are kind of insensitive it is very much the uh the uh white western virtue it is that it is that you need white people to come in and save these poor people who cannot save themselves well they it it th- that's because it's the white people that caused the problems too. yes if you go back far enough white people kind of ruined everything for everyone like the white man's guilt and the white man's burden from the perspective of the white like it it that's an actual thing the problem is from the perspective of the white man the white man's perspective is as a superior people it's our burden to help everyone else yes. whereas from everyone else's perspective the white man's burden was the shit that white men did to screw things up in the first place yes so same phrase depends on your perspective <laughs> Oh, I don't man. I wonder if this shit's ever gonna get fixed. Man. Oh man, we gotta save Africa because it's our it's our job as uh, as white people, not because we spent hundreds of years systematically destroying all of Africa for its resources, but also even if and like plaguing its people with death and slavery. But it's also like on on a on a deep level maybe that people aren't even aware of like are these celebrities donating you know doing concerts to raise money to make them feel superior and good about themselves over helping people who actually need it like what is the actual sure as hell that's the reason why i do it (laughs) well i want to give you some more information about geldof and uh Live Aid to kind of I don't know give give, give a little different shade on this I'm issue. I'm sorry, did you say Live Aid? Yeah, Live Aid was the name of the concert. It's the concert. Oh, so Band Aid put on Live Aid. Oh, Band Aid yes. is the band. <laughs> yes. I, I thought, okay. If Live Aid was the band and Band Aid was the concert, it would be very confusing. It'd be like an Abbott and Costello sketch. <laughs> yeah. 
The band's coming. Which one? Band-Aid. No, that's a concert. It's live. Live Aid. Band-Aid. Who's on first? (laughs) So this song was originally performed in 1984, and every 10 years, Geldof has re-recorded a new version of it with a new group of singers. So there's an 84 version, there's a 94 version, a 2004 version, and a 2014 version with increasingly less and less well-known people basically singing it. But he does it every year once again to raise awareness for uh, people starving in Africa, essentially. Now, a lot of people in Africa kind of have a problem with this in the sense that what? Geldof and this song, in talking about what a shithole Africa is essentially, is what the lyrics try to bring home, which we will get into. I thought it was just because it doesn't snow over there. So it's like, how do they know it's Christmas without snow on the ground? Yeah, the, the, so yeah, let's start with the very title of the song, Do They Know It's Christmas? Ethiopia has a massive Christian population. In fact, most of Africa is Christian. So right off the bat, you have this condescending title, like, are these poor, starving, dumb people so sad and desolate that they don't even know it's Christmas? Like, that just reeks of condescension. You're also saying it wrong. It's not, do they know it's Christmas time? It's, do they know it's Christmas time? (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, but, like, do they even Uh, know it's Christmas time? uh, Do they even know it's Christmas time? And what Look I, happy, guys. Come on. What I love is... Uh, For Al- Christ's sake. <laughs> Literally. What I love is Al Jazeera interviewed uh, some people, I think, throughout Africa, but in Kenya especially, about this whole concept of when a bunch of Western uh, musicians do a charity song for Africa. And they asked... Uh, Abdahali Halaki, who, uh, 33, who is a policy analyst in Kenya, and he said, quote, It's yet another classic sign of white Western saviorism, in this case with celebrities swooping in to, quote, save the people of Africa. Not only does this take away from the agency of people living in African countries who, uh, who are the ones who actually lead and make the change happen, but, but it perpetuates stereotypes of conflict, poverty, and disease as a single state uh, as a single story of the continent. And later on, I love, he said, the idea that Africa needs to be saved in 2000, 2014 by washed-up C-list pop star artists is a perverse example of a messiah complex. End of the episode, right there. <laughs> I mean, Abdahali Halaki kind of summed it all up there. So, so, is there a way to help without giving off the God complex? You know what I mean? Well... Man, that is not a question we are equipped to answer <laughs> yeah. here. No, I... But Geldof has been kind of an asshole about it. Like, he, he initially got all these celebrities together to raise us money and does it every 10 years because he wants to continue to donate money to help out Africa. Um, he tried to, in 2014, get Adele to perform in it, and Adele declined... And Geldof said in some interview, he said, quote, Adele is doing nothing. She's not answering the phone. She's not writing. She's not recording. She doesn't want to be bothered by anyone. She won't pick up her phone to her manager. She's bringing up a family, you know. And what Adele did was she declined that and donated privately. I love that lady. Yes. Adele's Adele, I, I've, I've, everything I hear about Adele, she seems fantastic. Which is why we were doing her in our next episode, folks. <laughs> the next episode of the song, that's like Adele and how Stupid hello is. So Adele uh, declined and donated privately. And Geldof has had a history of doing this, of trying to just badger musicians into doing his, his do they know it's Christmas every 10 I, years. I really envy the person that woke up today, Christmas Day, and the first thing they decided to do is celebrate this holiday is listen to this podcast. I'm going to listen to my favorite podcast, the Song Times Report, and my Christmas present to myself. Poverty, war, Africa. <laughs> You suck, and if you help, you suck. (laughs) That is not us. That is Bob Geldof. And Steve, you can't even complain because you're going to take off early anyway. You won't even have to worry about this. Nobody tells me what I can and can't (laughs) complain about, Nicholas. But uh, seriously, Steve, we'll have to duck out early. But we're going to have a special guest later on, and those are two totally unrelated events. Man, I am always not here when the special guest I know, it's weird. I would love for you to meet a special guest at some point. One of these days, man. One of these days. Uh, But anyway, so like I said, Bob Geldof, he's raised all this money. For what seems like a good cause, he's badgered a lot of people into doing things. And he also, he has uh, some issues with tax avoidance. He's also tried to find some loopholes. He literally said at one point in an interview, uh, a journalist asked him uh, how much he paid in taxes. And Geldof exploded at her. By the way, he swears on on air and live, like in interviews, so many times. I've seen, I watched so many like BBC interviews where they had to cut him off because he just started swearing. Trying to motherfucking help Africa, you know? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Seriously. Like he feels like entitled to do that because he's a good guy. Dick licking sons of bitches. 
bitches get off my fucking arse, all right? I'm just trying to do some fucking good in this world. No, but seriously, so the journalist asked him, uh, how much does he pay in tax? And Geldof exploded at her saying, quote, my time? Is that not a tax? No, it's not a tax. You fucking git. I, uh, man. If and someone asked me how much I paid in taxes, I probably would I'd have to look it up. I wouldn't know. Yeah, but Mike, when you're under the poverty line, you actually don't pay taxes. <laughs> oh, that's true. I get it all back. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Do I do I even know it's Christmas? Yeah. Yes, you fucking know it's Christmas. Don't even go there. You have a you have an iPhone. You live in America. You have <laughs> you an iPhone know. with a calendar on it. You know it's Christmas. You live in America. If you don't know it's Christmas, you're blind, deaf, and you don't leave your house or own a television no, set. No, but in New York City, so many people are saying happy holidays, you wouldn't even know it's Christmas. What holiday is it? What holiday is it, Nick? Thank you. Asking the tough questions. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, whose birthday it is. So, in regards to this song, which we're about to play a little bit more of, uh, when it came out, Geldof literally said, and the audacity of him, no other artist could get away with saying this quote. Geldof said, It doesn't really matter if you don't like the song, he said as he launched it. What you have to do is buy the thing. Because he is so up in his head about how righteous the song is. He can just order you to buy it, and if you don't buy it, you're a terrible person. Because it's not about the song. It's about helping the people. Now, I just got to say. Yes. There's methods, you know? Yes. And there's a variety of methods to, to choose from when trying to raise money or sell things or to get people to join a cause, right? Can you hate the man for choosing the guilt one? I mean, it sex sells... Guilt sells sexy guilt. That's sexy the best. guilt. I think we need to get some sexy guilt out there. You're absolutely right, Nick. Um, I mean, I mean, this song. I, I, I mean, they've got the sexy. This song has not only George Michael, but Boy George as well. Boy George Michael is on this song. Sexy Boy George Michael. Uh, let's hear a little bit more of him, actually. Did you hear when he said sting? That was sting. <laughs> hey, guys. All right, so look. clever. All right, guys. Listen, listen, listen. We're, we're going to be talking about how awful it is to live in Africa, but I thought I could work in just a little wordplay. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, sting. We, sting, of course you can. Of course you yeah. can. <laughs> You're such a kidder. Uh, so, yeah. So, so far the song is really driving home the guilt. You are here in your privileged first world country. You're having fun. You're enjoying yourself. But, uh, and it's so melodramatic. Uh, there's a world of dread and fear where the only water flowing, the only water literally in existence, is the bitter sting of tears. You have to drink your own tears to survive. And they're full of salt, and that just dehydrates you. I know. And I mean, a, and it just gets worse. That's where the real vicious cycle comes in. The Christmas bells that ring there are the clanging chimes of doom. Of doom. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, it's uh you know, I hope that when the the knights on the apocalypse come riding in. Yes. The they... horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh yeah, that, it's that. the horsemen. This is the second time I like you've Mike's called them better. That. <laughs> wait, wait. The knights of the apocalypse sounds like some sort of 80s like for rat cover band or something. It's more like for copyright reasons when you can't call them the horsemen of the apocalypse. They're the knights. <laughs> but I but yes, you were saying horsemen, knights, whatever they tomato, are. Tomato, tomato. I I hope that they water come. tears. Can you just imagine them like in festive Christmas robes, like ringing like jingle bells as they come in? Like I don't know that this year we have to imagine that much. <laughs> yeah. It might just happen. <laughs> But, Mike, to your point, yes. like, you're right in the sense, like, even if the song's trying to guilt you, it's trying to guilt you for a good cause. Because it's it's trying to, it, there was an, there's a famine in Ethiopia trying to raise money so these people can have food. That That's that's the whole reason why this exists. Here's where logistical problems get in with us. And this is the sucky thing about charity in general. It's, it's not to say these people are starving, they need food. Why are they starving? So... The famine that they were trying to fix in Ethiopia, 
wasn't just a result of not growing enough food. It was because people were, A, being displaced by war, and B, they were under the thumb of tyrannical governments, essentially. So, when a government gives foreign aid to an impoverished country like Ethiopia, essentially they can set rules, like, we will give you this aid under certain conditions. You can do that if it's one government directly negotiating aid for another government. Now, a fundraiser like Live Aid, like what Band-Aid was for, doesn't work that way. The money is given to non-government organizations known as NGOs, and in order to do their work, they have to work under and obey the government. So, in other words, all these piles of cash, they end up propping up these governments that cause the starvation to begin with. So, in other words, if there's like, oh, I don't know, like a whole bunch of rebels who've taken over a country, and you donate a whole bunch of money to a NGO, a non-government organization pretty good chance that money is actually just going to end up back at the warlords and the rebels and not actually make it to the people who needed it. So instead of food, they're buying, like, guns and They're, they're buying guns. They're buying guns. <laughs> oh they're buying my. guns to continue to displace the people who are starving. Oh my and here's God. the thing. Bob Geldof will not hear a word of this. He will vehemently deny, as he said, what did he fucking say? He said, uh... We'll live on as something that was wholly good and incorruptible and that worked. And there's so much evidence that Live Aid and other similar events did not quite work or did not work to the extent that people want them want to believe that they worked. But Bob Geldof is in denial of this. And in fact, by continuing to release a song every 10 years, he's actually perpetuating the stereotype that Africa is still just a terrible place when actually Africa, many African countries are trying to attract business and trying to attract entrepreneurship. And when people hear a song come out about how the only water is rivers of tears. Yo, would you say, uh, all right, this might be fucked up. That's the time you were forced, say it. <laughs> no, but <laughs> would you, doesn't it feel like every 10 years, like a new terrorist organization, like suddenly has shown itself and is like well-funded and like something to worry about. Like it was ISIS and before that was Al Qaeda and, and before that was, the was, was the Taliban. And it's cause the, the live aid keeps throwing these money into the Africa. Live aid is indirectly <laughs> propping up terrorist organizations is what you're saying. Yes. Every 10 years they come back. I mean, it's crazy. Interesting theory. <laughs> I am not touching that. <laughs> Yes, for our Egyptian okay. listeners. Right. Maybe, I am, I am maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I'm wrong. I am not going to say anything related to that. <laughs> Given all this information, uh, it's exacerbated because as the lyrics go on, they get more and more condescending about how, basically, it almost feels like everyone just bragging about how grateful they are to not be living in Africa, which is a shithole. Well, <laughs> that is, that's right, Bono. That is fucking Bono. That, saying, is, that is the first time I've ever seen Bono's eyes. <laughs> I didn't know. He, I thought he was like Jordy LaForge. I didn't know he had them. He just said, "Thank God it's them." Well, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. So, so after I say my prayer for Africa, where I'm talking to God, then I'm gonna thank him. Like, yo, man, yo, much appreciated that, uh, you know. It's not me. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Broski. Uh, that part, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm used to Bono yelling at me for things I have no control over. <laughs> no, please, Bono, continue to yes, condescend Bono, to me. Yeah, Bono, please, condescend to us a little bit more. Global warming, folks. It's Africa, okay? Unless you're in the mountains, there's not going to be snow in Africa anyway. It's like that's tragic. It's not like people in Southern California are suffering because there's no snow on Christmas. Snow brings the magic of Christmas. There's no doubt about it. No, we've established you can have Christmas in the sand, Mike. (laughs) The greatest gift they'll get this year is life. That's a pretty fine gift, if you ask me. I enjoy the gift of life on a daily basis when I'm not really sad about everything. (laughs) I call those my Eeyore days. Six out of seven days a week. I'm sad now. Oh, (laughs) hooray, I spread it! (laughs) So, the kids dying in Africa didn't make you sad, but Steve having Eeyore days really brought it home. That's what, you know what, that's what we need to start doing. (laughs) Making people feel like shit? That's what we do on a daily basis here at the Song Topsy Report, folks. (laughs) 
snow? There's no snow? We've established. It's Africa. Oh, no. I have this. There's another African Christmas song. No, it's not a Christmas song. Um, you know that other song? Oh, how's it go? Do, 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 do. Africa by Toto? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's his birthday. It's what? today. What <laughs> happened to you? What's, What's a song, that, about that, 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 that song about Africa? Oh, oh, it's Christmas on the tip of my tongue. What, oh. is it? what is it called? Uh, I can't remember. Where are the Africans? I'm sorry. I know we're watching a music video and I shouldn't say anything, but it's all. There is not one African American well, no, in that, this entire. They're all British, first of all. Yeah. They're all British citizens. They are or African Britarians. Brit- Brit- I don't. What, what would you call them? No, I, I, I like I like Britarians. <laughs> Well, you bring up a compelling point as to why the song has some issues. It's a whole bunch of rich white people jumping on an opportunity to be altruistic, which I don't want to say is a bad thing, but it's, once again, do they, the lyrics we just heard were, um, where nothing ever grows, no rain or rivers flow, do they know it's Christmas time at all? It's a bunch of rich white musicians and celebrities pondering if... Africans in an overwhelmingly Christian country know if it's Christmas. I will get off my soapbox for a moment so I can hit the play button again. Unless you have something to say. No, it's just offensive. This, <laughs> this, this horse you're so high on keeps trying to kick the I, desk I, over. Oh, oh sorry. Will, Wilbur came back. Wilbur. Wilbur. Down, boy. Oh I missed him. So are we cheersing ourselves? Like, or is he being sarcastic? Like, like facetious a little bit? I don't know. I, the, I mean, the, it is the end of the song, so it just kind of feel like a, all right, our work is done. Yep. Cheers, everyone. God, thank God I now know the lyric for this part. <laughs> Every Christmas, this is the part of this, this song that always gets stuck in my head, and I don't know what the lyric is, so I'm always going like, Thank God. Yes, we found one black person in the audience. Christ. I was waiting, dude. I was. Takes freaking three minutes out of a four and a half minute song. It's just. (sighs) Yeah, so then the rest of the song is them saying, Feed the world, feed the world, let them know it's Christmas time again. Because once again, they apparently don't know it's Christmas because they're just. Africans, like, it's oh, I Listen, just, it's uh, so condescending. Until you have that Christmas ham or that figgy pudding, you're going to have no idea it's Christmas, Nick. You I've gotta... never had a figgy pudding in my life. I know when it's Christmas. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> just say it. Did you contribute anything to this episode? Uh, I'm uh, wondering. I, you, so, you know how I know when it's Christmas time? When do you know? Like, no, when no, Santa no, Con uh, starts? <laughs> when they need to throw Santa Con in Ethiopia. That's what we need to do. We they have to... gone through enough tragedy as it is. They need they need thousands of drunk Santa Clauses. Of drunk entitled rich <laughs> Long Islanders ransacking their country. Pissing and puking all over that country so they can tell it's oh, I think it's Christmas time, guys. Look at all the this... <laughs> Then they're gonna need another live aid to raise money for the damage caused by SantaCon. I mean, SantaCon's probably the lesser of two evils at this point. <laughs> like crippling, crippling debt and starvation, or SantaCon. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And you and you know what though, Nick? What? You know what? what? If you did throw a SantaCon over in Ethiopia, right? All the local businesses that may or may not exist over there are gonna get business from all these rich Long Islanders pumping money to the small man, the little man, and the little ladies. Yeah. That's how economics works. <laughs> you Reaganite. Or, all right, all right. Or, the trickle-down economics of that are just Santa's urinating all over everything. Trickle-down economics doesn't work in America. It's not going to work in Ethiopia. Economic solution. Just drop a parachute of SantaCon onto every underdeveloped country, and boom, economy boosted. There it is. Well, we've solved a lot of socioeconomic concerns here at the Song Topsy Report today. And then St. Patty's Day comes, and we throw the leprechaun over there, too. Okay, to <laughs> avoid any more... Inappropriate cultural stereotypes. 
I'm going to leave now. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you have to go. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, to. I'm going to Christmas Day. I have to go to New Jersey. Yes, yes. all the way in Jersey. <laughs> to Jersey. Do uh. they know it's Christmas time? <laughs> we'll find out. The people on the New Jersey Transit certainly yeah. don't. Yeah, I was going to say they're stuck in traffic. They don't have Wi-Fi or data right now, so they don't. They may not know. Um, but no, Merry Christmas, Steve. We're yes, very, Merry very glad you're Christmas still and a happy by. holidays to everyone who yes. may be listening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Merry Christmas. And uh, and uh, you may follow me on Twitter uh, if you want at uh, yourmantrolo. Uh, not dot com. That's a website. Yourmantrolo at yourmantrolo. Uh, and you may uh, follow me on my website, stephentrolger. Uh, uh, com. Uh, and uh, and yeah. And uh, I hope everyone out there has a uh, happy and healthy holiday. Oh, thank you very much. See, thank you for emphasizing. Not that. you two. Everyone oh, else. No. <laughs> All right. Good. Goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye. All right, good goodbye. day, Steve. Take care. Good day. Yeah, so Mike, do I tell you much about the uh, guest that we're having? Oh, please. Uh, well, I imagine it's coming anytime. Yeah, would you would you tell me a little bit about him? What's uh, Well, no, because um, you know, talking about do they know it's Christmas? It's it's kind of it just made me aware of how other countries experience Christmas and mm. how maybe Ethiopians, you know, don't know it's Christmas if you're a condescending British musician. Um, <laughs> but we have we have a um. Oh, I I, I want to make sure I'm saying all of his uh, information correctly. A Heinrich Hammerschmidt. Uh, from Germany, he is he's a cultural asset, uh, attaché to the German ambassador to the United States of America. No kidding. Yeah, and uh, and he's he's swinging by to give us a little bit, give us a little bit of a perspective on oh. a different. Oh, wow! Speak of the devil. Wait, is that the? Oh, wait. He- oh, hello, sir. Hey. Uh, guten Tag. Guten Tag. Uh, forgive my accent. Um, guten Tag, gentlemen. Hello, hello, uh, M- Mr. Hammerschmidt, right? Yeah, yeah, this is right, yes. This so is my it's name. a pleasure, pleasure to meet you. I'm right. Nick Brigadier. I am Mike Russell. Nice yes, to I, have, I, have heard, I have heard of the both of you. Yes, I am. Yes, I am you've a, heard our podcast, I am right? A, I am a follower of your, of your glorious, wonderful podcast. Oh, thank oh, you so much. God, that's so As you mentioned, I, I, I work at the, uh, uh, I work for the German ambassador. I'm the cultural attaché. My job is to attempt to uh, bridge the cultural gap between your country and ours. Oh, we, that's appreciated. I mean, in, in this day and age, we need as much communication. I feel between countries as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very good. This is very good. Mm. I think uh, that's. My, I think that's where Band-Aid missed the point. Missed the ship. The my my uh, my coworker Klaus. Uh, he said to me, Heinrich, you love American music. You should hear this podcast. And I responded, Klaus, how dare you presume to know me? And I slapped him. <laughs> But later on my lunch break, I listened anyway and loved it. And oh, I gave, oh, thank you. I gave Klaus an apology slap later. Oh, oh. Apology. Their culture is so different yet so similar to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I listen. The, the, the breaking point was I, I heard, I heard your song about the Christmas shoes song. Yeah. Yes, Christmas oh, shoes because yes. German came up very frequently in that. Yeah, and, uh, you, you, you discussed, huge... you discussed uh, certain, uh, certain aspects of the German holiday. I yeah. learned about Krampus. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, we yeah, yeah, about... yeah. It's, 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 it's a good is 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 good it's good it's very good point but um but your your assumptions about our culture were uh, uh, shall i say um Oh, just a little bit uh, off the nose, I guess. Is that the thing that you say here? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, your, your point, your, your, your intention is, uh, I understand. Yeah, off uh, the nose. It's, it's probably Stephen Trollinger. He's pretty insensitive. So, yes, I, I hear him. He has, mm, oh, it just arouses such such vitriol and suspicion in me. Oh. Yeah, you just missed him. He just walked by you. Mm, I thought I smelled something. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a distinct aroma. But uh, you, I heard you speak about my culture in such a flippant way, and I, I know, I know I must contact you and bring you the true me of German Christmas. Yes, Ooh, well, I mean, of all I'd days to, to do it. Yeah. I mean, yes, please. Yes, there, there you, um, you, you spoke of uh, Krampus Nacht, which is the night uh, which we celebrate uh, uh, Krampus, the figure Krampus, which mm-hmm. you, have, you have discussed. Um, of course, um, that, that is only one thing. There is also um, uh, Krampus, Krampus Nacht is the night, but the actual event you discussed is Krampus Lauf, the Krampus Run. In uh, in the literal American. Oh, sorry, oh the sorry, run of the Krampus. I, oh, so you yeah, oh. when you said running of the bulls. bulls. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's quite it's quite like it was very close, very well, close. Thank you. Thank you. Peter. Peter. And it is a it's a fun it's a very fun night. Um, all of the kinder, all of the little kinders, they come on the hand each Krampus they meet along the run as much schnapps as their little hands can carry. Oh. Oh, oh, it is most alarming sight. Oh. <laughs> 
I, I, wait, wait. Did you say schnapps? Like yeah, schnapps. Oh, yes, schnapps. As yes. much schnapps as their little hands can carry. Because I love peppermint schnapps. So it's yeah. like, oh, yes, during, you, when you have these, these, uh, these marathons in New York all the time, they shut down yes. the highway and yes, no yes, one can yes, get yeah, anywhere. Just recently. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love, I love the, the exquisite anger, the exquisite <laughs> anger and frustration I hear and the voice of the common New Yorker on the New York Marathon Day. Oh, mm, <laughs> I, I wish I could bathe in it. <laughs> But I, uh, on this day, uh, especially, you, you have the people on the side who hands the water off, so the yes. water off, so yes. that people may, people may continue on the run. It is much like that with the Krampus, for they need your snaps to fuel their anger and their rage towards society oh, in general. So, essentially, children are getting these drunken, disorderly Christmas demons drunker. In order to better oh, chase? Yes, of course. How else will they know the wonderful feeling of fear that comes from running from a drunken demonic force? <laughs> oh, my God. All, all, uh, do you children in America, they do, not, they do not experience this fear during the holidays? They, they do not. They, do, they get presents, actually. Oh, such a shame. Yeah, presents and uh, what, Santa and cookies and... Oh yes, cookies. Oh, I I enjoy a good cookie. Yes, yeah. in American cookie, we are very used to, the, of course, the stereotypes of just strudel and all of this. But uh, it, uh, I have enjoyed American cookies. Especially. Is is there a German cookie? Like, do you have like an exact equivalent? Or? Nine, nine, nine. Oh, no. oh, too much joy. Much too much joy. Oh, that brings us a little. Yes, too tender. much joy would not be German. No, 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 no. No, we have we have we have similar things though. We we have Christmas tree. Okay. Oh, Christmas okay. Tree. Um, but uh, we do not. <laughs> we, we in Germany do not uh, do not rest on our laurels, so to speak, uh -huh. which is also as a, a Christmas plant joke. It is um, uh, very 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 clever. Um, wow. uh, some of our Christmas trees, for instance, that they are plastic, um, and once it has the remote controls on the motors, so that you can frighten under suspecting passersby with the moving tree. <laughs> Wait, so you hit a button and the tree moves? Oh yes, yes. What does it yeah, do? yeah, it's just very, it's very fun. You, uh, especially at uh, at malls, especially when you are in controls, you hide beneath the escalator and you wait for the so for the people to come down, and then you hit the button and the top of the tree just smacks them right into the face. Oh, it <laughs> physically assaults them. Oh. Oh, sometimes if you can, the motor, you can get the motor to bend the tree low enough so you can trip people on the way down the escalator and then they fall even further. <laughs> wow. See, that would never fly in America. We're so lawsuit happy. We can't have good fun, like German oh, fun. Well, oh, nothing I, like good old German fun. I, I am, I am oh, enjoying we have, this. We have, we have Christmas trees that are made of hot peppers uh, and toilet paper and umbrellas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't really sense much rhyme or reason to that, but it sounds fun. Uh -huh. oh, and, some, and sometimes we decorate we decorate the trees with pictures from the most terrifying news coverage of the day. Oh, fun stuff like that. So just death and destruction all over the Christmas I, I, I remember this one, uh, what is this, this great Christmas um, during the days of your, your president, the George W. Bush, where so there were so many pictures from the, uh, the Abu Ghraib. Yes, if I'm saying stress, oh, I yes. Oh, yes, many, many, many trees in Germany that year were, were just covered in pictures. Oh, pictures from, of the prisoners in Abu Ghraib from, being abused by U.S. soldiers? From that event. Oh, yes. Wow. Oh. So that's German fun. Well, that one in particular was in a, was a, an art installation similar oh. to your, what you have here in this, uh, the MoMA, the Museum of in, Modern yes, Art. Yes, yes. You know, Nick, I, I feel like sometimes America doesn't appreciate art enough like they do yeah. in Germany now that I'm learning, you know? Yes. Yes, uh, Germany is, is a, a wonderful country for art. Uh, there is, um, uh, in addition to Krampusnacht, uh, there is also, uh, uh, in some parts of Germany and Austria, uh, they celebrate what is known as Das Christkindl. Das Christkindl uh, is um, it, we, there is a Father Christmas or uh, Der Weihnachtsmann as is known. Del in, der Weihnachtsmann is known in, in so German. Der, but the, the, there is also Das Christkindl, who is a little tiny baby Jesus, who also brings toys to all the good little boys and girls. Except he does not go quite as fast because he is a little baby, and it <laughs> takes him much longer to get does from house crawl? to house. Oh yes, with the crawling on all fours <laughs> and having the big heavy toy sack, which is quite humorous to watch. Were I still capable of laughing? <laughs> Why aren't you capable of laughter? Because of Christmas. Oh. Wow, German I'm learning a lot about German fun. It's, so it's German fun actually sucks out the laughter from you. Well, no, this, is, this is why Heinrich is here. He's bridging this gap so we can understand why he never laughs. You cannot you not you cannot know you cannot know joy until you know pain. That's true. Without evil, there can be no good. There's no uh, joy without pain. So there is, there is uh, on, on Christmas. We we celebrate Christmas to us. We, we it is a, 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 a 
uh, Weihnachten. Uh, Weihnachten is is uh, it, it is essentially um, the literal translation into English is um, uh, is is Christmas night mm-hmm. uh, and uh, der Weihnachtsmann Christmas nightman. Um, Christmas nightman is is the is is it Christmas nightman or Christmas nightman? Well, in some parts uh, of Germany, there's a, a one is a great. Um, uh, cultural touchstones of your country that has come to mind is the television program Nightman, in which a you know in which a, a jazz musician uh, is given a, a a suit that allows him to fly only at night, and he has the monocles that switch the laser beam and gives him X-ray vision. Uh, you know wow. this. You know this television program is a very big hit in Germany. I missed that. Oh, I, it sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds great. I'm not gonna I am, lie. I'm very surprised. I have some the, all on VHS. I can give them to uh, you. Oh wow. V- oh, v- I, I think don't... my parents have a VHS player. Like. In a corner somewhere in their attic. Up in the attic. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to come on the show to to introduce these aspects of my particular uh, Christmas experiences. And, and the way I, I wish to do it is, um, as this being Christmas Day, I, I, I wish to read um, the cultural touchstone of our Christmas holiday is, is a poem that was written uh, oh. long ago. Um, uh, about uh, the the feelings that one feels during the Christmas day, the, the Christmas time. Um, it, it uh, is das uh, Weihnacht. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Very good. It's very good. Danke. It is. It is a. Uh, it is a poem. It's titled "Aus der Niklaus kam." Oh wow! Um, Aus der Niklaus kam. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, if is it okay with you? I would like to share. Oh, oh please, please do, please. please. Okay, excellent, excellent. We might even add some festive music in the background. Oh, that later. would be that would yeah, be yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, before I begin, before I begin, I must of course uh, mention for the purposes of unlocking <laughs> the boundless joy contained within this parcel of words that the poem's meter is anapestic tetrameter, uh, wherein there are four feet of unstressed, stressed. Oh, sorry, of unstressed, unstressed, stressed syllables. This is, of course, the same type of foot that most lyrics are composed of. Uh, and we all know how fun those can be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really fun. yeah. You, you, here in, you here in America have ones that, uh, that I know of, uh, something about oh, a man from a place called Nantucket. I, uh, I do not know how it ends, but uh, I am sure it is quite ribald. So... Please gas around, gas oh, yes, around. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, very, very, very close. Right very now. special, very festive. Okay, aus der Niklaus kam. And I read, I read in English for you, okay. so, for your oh, benefit. Thank, thank you. There are some things that I cannot translate directly into English. No, I, I, I will explain them if you have questions. Oh, okay, great, Danke. great. Twas the night before Weihnachten, when all through the house, house of course being spelled H A U S. Okay. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, which in German is spelled M-A-U-S, much like house, so it rhymes in both the German and the English. Oh, Isn't language wow. fun? No, wow. language is fun. Wow. Yeah, well, oh, uh, language fun? is fun. <laughs> the hosen were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes their Weihnachtsmann would purchase a pair. Oh, wow. The kinder laid stiffly on their hard wooden planks, envisioning strudel and hearty veal shanks. <laughs> And mother in her burlap and I in my goggles had just settled down to watch drifters fight models. <laughs> Very popular form of entertainment in Germany. <laughs> also Times Square at certain hours of the night. Yeah, yeah, I've been there, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, very, yeah. Must it, have, you must have felt right at home. Yes, it makes me feel very close <laughs> to my home. Then <laughs> outside in the snow, Ooh. I heard a deep sighing and sprang from my bed to the sounds of hope dying. <laughs> Away to the window, I flew like a bird, put hosen aside, and my loins I did gird. <laughs> For what did I spy through the blackness of night? By der Weihnachtsmann, of course, <gasps> that loathsome old sprite. Ooh. <laughs> we, don't, we don't like the Weihnachtsmann? Uh, this is sleigh and his reindeer, beasts of terrible fame. And he scolded and shouted and called them by name. Now Schlitzel, now Schnauzer, now Siegfried und Brustwarzen. On Arschgeiger, on Einfahrt, on Donner und Blitzen. Those last two are the same in German, Donner und Blitzen. Oh, so they, wow. they are the oh, same. So, so they, they don't change. Yes. Those, are those, those names, much like your Dasher and your Prancer, they are not names that 
one would normally consider to be proper names. In fact, in, in German, they have very specific uh, meanings. Brutzfarzen uh, would be similar to what you would refer to as nibble. Oh. Uh, yeah. The literal English translation is, of course, chest moles. <laughs> I like the, the schnitzel reindeer. I think that's my favorite. Yes, one. that one bears no explanation. Marks. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no further explanation needed. Uh, Arschgeiger, uh, which the closest thing I could think of would be asshole. Um, literally, it mean literally it means ass violin. Wow! I, I wonder if that's where G strings came from. <laughs> don't think I haven't thought the same thing. It's the darkness of night when I lay silently onto my bed, waiting for Dervinox man. Not every night. Oh, that makes sense. It's only Christmas night. Uh, Einfahrt actually has nothing to do with the passing of gas. In case you, were I thought it would. It, I- it is a word for opening. Don't look at me like that. What does Dasher mean? <laughs> what does Dancer und Prancer mean? Don't say the same thing. It, don't judge me without turning the magnifying glass upon yourselves, yeah, gentlemen. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Now Schnitzel, now Schnauzer, now Siegfried und Brustfarzen, on Arschgeiger, on Einfahrt, und Dana und Blitzen, to the window, to the top of the window, to the door und the den. Much schnell, much schnell, du Abschutz like Titan! Whoa. 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 Wait, what was, that? What was the last part? That sounded very aggressive. Mark Schnell, that is faster, faster, you abominations. <laughs> wow. So reindeers, they are abominations. They are, they are, they are dear, but they have the bony protrusions from the tops of their skull. Antlers, yes. God would not create such a horrible thing. Mm. Well, that's debatable, but... <clears throat> I continue. I heard sense of reindeer with their snouts and their maw, the stomping and scratching of each little claw. As I drew my hand to my brow, thoughts turning to hell. Down the roof hole, der Weihnachtsmann fell. He was dressed all in black from his head to his foot, and his clothes smelled of brimstone and dusted with soot. His turtleshell glasses lacked lenses, of course, and his face shone with gloom and lack of remorse. His eyes, how they dimmed, his stare disaffected, his cheeks were like razors, his nose uncorrected. <laughs> what happened to his nose? What happened to the nose? Legend can only tell. <laughs> oh. It hasn't said anything yet, but it could tell. Some some legends posit that at the beginning of time, Der Weihnachtsmann und Krampus engaged in a duel of fisticuffs <laughs> to see who could come out on top. And uh, Der Weihnachtsmann did, but not without some... Uh, collateral damage in the form of his nose, which is pushed slightly to the left. Uh, But he does not correct it, for he wears it like the badge of honor that it is. Wow, Weinachsman's a bit of a badass, I'll tell you. (laughs) His thin little mouth was drawn straight as a line, and his iris is beady and small as a dime. (laughs) The thinnest of cigarettes was held tight in his lips, and the smoke he inhaled in small little sips. He had a harsh face that filled me with dread. His eyes burned my soul and glowed a bright red. He was taught and angular, the profile of death itself. And I laughed when I saw him, that dreadful old elf. <laughs> a laugh without mirth, born from the abyss in my soul. As he turned to deliver, his lumps made of coal. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work. And took all of De Hoser, writing receipts for his clerk. On <laughs> <laughs> striking me down to the back of his hand, he uh. gave me this fawning, then returned to his band. Know this, he said, that abominable wretch. Your lives are worth nothing, no price will they fetch. <laughs> oh, wow, savage! The man's got some shade, man! And as madness consumes you, <laughs> darkness does spread. Frolika Weihnachten to you, for you'll soon all be dead. The end. Oh, wow. My heart is so full of warmth and joy that I could... But like German joy. That I could German. scream until blood poured from my mouth. <laughs> wow. German fun, German joy. I, gotta I almost wonder if there's some cultural divides that no attache can mend. I... I these things on a daily basis, gentlemen. My own life is a never-ending battle to bridge that divide, and I know 
a battle I cannot win, much like your American Superman. But I hope this has given you gentlemen something to ponder and think about this Christmas season. Yes, it was a beautiful reading. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to educate us on Devinox Man. I think I died a little inside. Oh, good. Then I (laughs) served my purpose. Um, Well, listen, I just had one last question for you. Um, Are you familiar with the song, uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? D- does who know that's does who know it's Christmas? Who uh, who is who who does not know it's Christmas? Uh, it's, a, it's a song by a, a charity supergroup named Band Aid uh, to help Ethiopia uh, with the Ethiopian famine that occurred in the eighties. Band Aid, band yeah. So uh, it's it's kind of it's a little play on words. So Band Aid is something. It's 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 actually something that we used to he- help with scars and cuts. But it was also utilized as a clever name for this charity supergroup, uh, where a whole bunch of famous British musicians came together to uh, have a song and a concert to raise money for a famine that was taking place in Africa. <laughs> what is this place? You, you famine went to Africa. There's, there's no famine in Africa. Who told you that? Uh, Bob Geldof did back in the eighties. This Bob Geldof, he he lives still. He does, yeah. I think he's in like his fifties or sixties. Interesting. I must. He doesn't look in great shape, actually. Every interview I saw of him recently. Oh, uh, good, good. I hate to fair fight. Oh. <laughs> and for that, I must bid you gentlemen a farewell. I must be off. Oh. I must be off the, the embassy calls and I must answer for if not for me our two countries could soon see themselves on the opposite side of some sort of issue I'm sure that hasn't happened yet I haven't been at work for a while but I'm sure that hasn't happened yet oh. it's been a very long time yes so let us uh, I, I freulich auf Weihnachten to you two gentlemen happy Weihnachten to you as well nein nein Microfart yourself. I enjoy your antics and your funny jokes. But do not disrespect my people I, I, again. I am so sorry. I, can you tell me how to say it again one more time? I just I want to make no, sure. No, you do not deserve to know. A dare the... No, well, der Weihnachtsmann. Weihnachten. Weihnachten. To hear my language pour forth from your mouth like vomit. It is to my ears. Speak no more. Nicholas... Freulicher Weihnachten to you. Uh, Auf Wiedersehen. Danke, Good danke. day to you, gentlemen. Good day to you. Uh, danke, Herr Heinrich Ammerschmidt. See, Nicholas gets it. <laughs> what did I say? What did I say? Enjoy the rest of your episode, gentlemen. Danke, danke. Thank you, danke. Thank you very much, Heinrich. Danke schön. Wow, what a... Uh, I really blew it, man! I okay. blew it! It's, oh, a, it's God! A, it's I, like, uh, I... It's okay. He, he's German. There's no making him happy. He he said I like, was funny, and then and then I just. I think he's still got a soft spot for you. I hope you're right. He said I liked my antics. I just language was never my strong class, English or otherwise. <laughs> uh, well, I'm 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 glad we got uh we had a little bit of a cultural exchange, like a positive one, because I feel like band. Oh. I'm... <laughs> Having done an episode of such insensitivity, I feel like we really contributed towards bridging the gap between two countries and trying to find a mutual understanding about what Christmas is about when it's not uh, the the flowing tears of uh, children who don't have access to water. Although I feel like if uh, if uh, Heinrich had been familiar with that song, a lot of the uh, horrible melodramatic descriptions of suffering uh, he would have would have would have possibly tickled him. I don't want to assume, but I think no, I think you're right. <laughs> I think so. But that is it for our month of December Christmas holiday extravaganza it, streak of oh, bad songs. You know, I am shocked we found that many songs to do. I'm, I'm oh, happy. I'm I'm shocked I was able to narrow it down to that yeah. much. <laughs> no, it's just got plenty lined up for next year. Oh, I can't wait. I uh, love Christmas. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for listening. You can. Um, Subscribe to us on Spotify, Ooh, on yeah. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, our website. Um, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and me personally at uh, Nick Brigadier on Twitter, uh, Mr. Mike Russell. That's right. You can check out some of my stuff at MrMikeRussell.com. That's Mr. M R. 
Uh, yes, please send us your feedback, your comments, your song suggestions, uh, what, how you know when it's Christmas, or how you let other people know that it's Christmas. How you guilt people and, and to feeling like shit to oh, yeah. let them know it's Christmas. The last time you did a charity, what terrible things you said to people to make them give you money? Oh, have, have you donated too? <laughs> Passive aggressive shaming is the way to do it. That's Christmas is all about, folks. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for uh, listening. I'm Nick Breedier. And I'm Mike Russell. And we will see you in 2018. Whoop! <laughs>